Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Ready to Mosh. Feeling slightly better this week? No. You still sound like Barry White. <laughs> mm. I'm less Marge Simpson. We're getting there. Yeah. Still not feeling better. No. Well, better than was. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Right. Um, news then. News. I've got a couple of tour bits and a random. Okay. Tour news. So first one is those Dan Crows have announced their first ever headline tour next February. Yeah. Nowhere near us. No. Which isn't necessarily a problem, but the ones that are nearest to us, we just can't do because of either other gigs or they're on a school night. Yeah. And then they're doing, basically doing, I think it's Leeds, Newcastle, Manchester, Glasgow, Bradford, London. And then they're ending on their first ever arena show in Swansea, mm. which is a weekend show. We could have had a little road trip, but we're already committed to something else that weekend. So yeah. we can't go, but highly recommend that you go. Yeah, absolutely. Download have made an announcement. They are going to announce something on the 7th of November. So an announcement about an announcement. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. And interestingly, that's the day after Glastonbury tickets go on sale. Oh, is it? Yeah. So I think Glastonbury tickets go on sale on the 6th and Download make an announcement on the 7th. So I imagine the pricing structure is going to be very, very similar. Yeah, because early birds are ending on the 6th, aren't they? Yeah, and the Glastonbury tickets, I think, have already been priced at 340 Yeah, they've gone up 26%, yeah. I think I read, which is the same as what Leeds and Reading have gone up. So that's what you I mm. think you can expect that kind of price to download. Um, mm. Yeah, so 7th of November, we might know a little bit more. Yes, so our episode, whatever week after then is, we'll probably be talking about the lineup, which is a bit exciting, isn't it? It is. Were our predictions right? Well, we've already we already called the uh, four days of music before download announced it. We did, didn't we? Yeah. So we know it's four days. We're currently just having a look back over what we did predict and adding a few other people into the mix that we've thought of since. Yeah, that so, might be there. Mm, we'll wait and see. Other tour news. This is more of a support band add-on. Sabaton have announced that their tour, which was rescheduled from this year to next year, their UK and Europe tour, they've added on... Baby Metal as a support band. Oh, Jesus Who Christ. knew they were still going? Yeah. So it's going to be Sabaton, Baby Metal and Lordy doing oh, those God. dates. So a bit of a mixed bag there, I would say. Uh, Iron Maiden had a bit of a spinal tap moment this week. Okay. They had a plane, basically a replica of a Spitfire that buzzes the crowd, so that's kind of just like fly, supposed to fly just over the crowd and around the stage area. Did uh, they have that download? I can't remember. Not this year. No. No, not on the Legacy tour. No. Yeah, and the plane had to be pulled off stage after it kind of had a little bit of a wobble and just kind of sat there limply. Um, <laughs> limply. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just kind of just doing absolutely nothing, so it was, it was very, very spinal tap. Yeah, I'm getting visions of them stuck in the eggs. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah a little bit embarrassing for Maiden, but um, it was supposed to happen during Aces High. 
Yeah. And yeah, just it went to shit. <laughs> Ace is low. Ace is not at all. Yeah. My last one is another funny one then. Steel Panther got deleted this week from a radio station in South Africa and Rhodesia. Yep. So it's LM Radio. They apparently they deleted Teal Panther from their what do you call it? Their servers, servers. yeah. Their their records, etc. But they had a cyber attack earlier in the year and they accidentally got backed up. And apparently when they do their programming and if there's an hour less than an hour, the system automatically picks a song up from the server to fill the gap and the system selected Glory Holes by Steel Panther. And it of was all the songs. Middle of the afternoon, I think. Yeah, it? and they received a lot of complaints apparently. So they have now gone back through their servers and deleted Steel Panther from everything. Um <laughs> Steel Panther were quite amused by it though. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Five Finger Death Punch played their final headline show in Salt Lake City. Mm. Uh, they had uh, support from Anna Megadeth with their couple of other bands as well. Uh, they got seven tracks into their final show. And then, unfortunately, a drunk driver hit a Transformer near the venue. Transformer? And, yes. A robot in disguise? No, not a robot in disguise. Oh. An electrical Transformer. Oh, okay. And because of that, it cut all of the power. Oh. So the set was only seven songs long. Well, that's shorter than when we saw them. <laughs> yeah. So that, unfortunately, uh, it ended on a bit of a, what should have been a bit of a celebration, ended on a bit of a shit note for yeah. Five Finger. Okay. I'll have to call them Seven Song Death Punch now. Yeah. Maybe Two Finger Death Punch. Um, is that it for your news? Yes. That's it for my news. That's the news. That's the news. Review time. Got an album and a single each, I think. Yeah. I've got an album and a single. Okay. Who's starting? I'll get my first one out of the way. Um, <laughs> that doesn't bode well, does it? It doesn't bode well. It's the new uh, double album from the Red Hot Chili Peppers called Return of the Dream Canteen. Okay. And it's... I don't, it's awful. I mean, as usual, it's lyrically terrible. It's more like, it's a lot more like their older, you know, kind of funk sound. Okay. Yeah, so, I've only listened to Eddie, which we reviewed a few weeks ago. I've not listened to any of the albums, so it's not at all like that then. No. Uh-huh. Um, it's gone quite experimental. They've kind of tried to mix almost like the funk sound with um, Californication. There's way too much emphasis on what Flea and Anthony do in the band. And you don't really get enough of John's stuff coming through. Yeah, and it just doesn't work. I mean, it's repetitive, and it's, ultimately it's just irritating. Could it be shrunk to a single album? Would that you could make it an EP? It? Oh, okay. That's how bad it is. Uh, and it seemed—I don't know why. All I could get in my head was it just seems like they've written a load of songs that they're just—it's almost like Muzak meets the wanting to do stuff for the Lion King. It's—it's <laughs> just. It's just I, I've listened to it a couple of times now, and well, more than a couple of times, but there are probably four songs on there that are okay. Out of roughly? Well, it's an hour and 17 minutes long, so... Okay. And it's a double album. So at least 20 songs. Yeah, yeah. The four songs that are any good, first one is Eddie. Yeah. That is one of the few on there that's any good. Uh, There's another one called Roulette. The Shoot Me a Smile is good, and In the Snow is all right as well. 
But everything, I mean, there's what at one point he mentions Faulty Towers as well. Really? Yeah, it's on My Cigarette, I think it's called. I can't imagine the link between Red Hot Chili Peppers and Faulty Towers. Have you ever read any of uh, Anthony Kalidis' lyrics? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's just a crap disappointment. I, you know, after they released uh, Black Summer? Yeah. I thought I was really thinking this could be something really good, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, you have to think, though, they've released that earlier this year. They've done this double, so they've essentially released three albums yeah. in the space of just a few months. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why they <laughs> yeah. needed to do it. It's they Obviously done a lot of writing in lockdown, I imagine. God knows what they were thinking, though. Yeah. it's I, I just really don't like it. It's... Arguably, for me, one of the worst Chili Peppers albums I've ever heard. Okay. <laughs> really don't like it. Okay, we'll leave that there then. Okay. On a brighter note then, Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings. Yeah, any good? Yes. Oh, right, okay, let's move on then. That's <laughs> <laughs> so all you need to know, it's good. Yeah, it's ten tracks are all good. Probably slightly less good ones, but generally all good. Any skippable ones or...? Not really. No, I mean, it, it's straight in with a banger. The first track, This Is War, it's straight in. Guitars, drums, kind of a background choir, I think it is. It's hard to explain. Not like a full-on choir, but it's kind of a... kind of a Gospel cor- overtones. Almost, yeah. But it's kind of subtle, and then you can tell on the chorus when they kind of kick in as well as backing vocals. And that just kind of sets the scene for the whole album. Mm. I'd say probably the first three, four tracks are all quite similar in that they're kind of big, beefy, guitar-y, drummy, big yeah. chorus songs. You know, you stand at Alter Bridge, really. But it works for them. It's definitely, I would say, similar to the last album because they've obviously got bigger as they've progressed yeah. over the last, what, 20-ish years, I would think, now they've been going. Probably, Yeah, yeah. The fifth track, Stay, that's what I would class as a summer song. You can just imagine listening to it on a sunny day, driving along, blasting it out, singing away to it. That's really good. And Mark Tremonti is on the lead vocals on that one as well. All right. Which I don't know if they've actually done before. Well, it's usually um, Usually Miles. Miles. Yeah. But that works really well with him doing that. And then Miles has got backing vocals coming in. So it's a bit different. But definitely, I can imagine that being a single, potentially. Next song after that, Holiday, um, kind of picks the pace up a bit, mm. really. So that's quite a fast one in terms of the vocals and the guitars. Probably one of my less favourite ones, that one, okay. at the moment, but it may grow on me. The next track, Fable of the Silent Sun, that is actually over eight minutes long. Wow, is that their uh, November rain? I think they may have done a November rain, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of a slow start, it, then it's got quite a chuggy breakdown in it, and the chords in it remind me of something I've been listening to a lot lately, but I can't remember what, and it's really annoying me. Well, if it's you, then it's going to be Ghost. <laughs> yeah, but I can't think... I don't think it is. <laughs> anyway, so that's... Um, yeah, it's got some really kind of soaring vocals in it mm-hmm. and some great solos. Seasons of Promise, the eighth track, that's one of my favourite ones. That's just got a really upbeat, catchy chorus to it, really anthemic that's the right word, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just skipping on to the last track, track 10, Pawns and Kings. I'm saying that carefully because I keep wanting to say Prawns and Kings because I'm thinking of King Prawns. <laughs> <laughs> Pawns and Kings, title track, which is a bit odd to have a final track as the title track, isn't it? Yeah. 
But anyway, that's a really good one. It's a really strong ending. It's another, it's a six minute one. So there are about, I don't know, three or four that are around over Quite six minutes. Long. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really good end to it. Another standard catchy chorus, great riffs throughout. So overall, it's pretty standard altar bridge, but big arena sounding rock. Which is kind of where they're at anyway. Which is where they're at, yeah. There's, all of them I can imagine working live. That, that's the yeah. thing about Altbridge. Their, their stuff is, I think it's actually better live than it is on CD. Mm. Like I think so. How old do I sound? <laughs> I said that in a previous episode yeah. on Compact Disc. They, they, they yeah. sound better live than they do when you're just listening to it at home. Yeah, I think especially the older stuff, the bigger stuff, it's obviously got more, it's got... It's what's got better production better values. Better production, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, definitely recommend giving it a listen. All right, okay. Yeah, see what you think. But yeah, I think it's definitely up there with previous ones. I've seen some reviews saying it's the best album yet. Mm. So yeah, make of that what you will. But All I, right. I, I definitely think it's standard Alter Bridge, but in the best possible way. Okay. I've also been listening to the new Frank Cart single. I've heard it once. It just got released, didn't it? Yeah, so yeah, it's only just been released. Yeah, uh, it's so called it, Drugs, and it's yeah. got Jamie T on it as well. Yeah, it kind of washed over me because I wasn't paying full attention. So yeah, yeah, it's really. I'm looking forward to hearing some more mm. um, stuff that he's releasing because this is really good. Uh, it's usual kind of discord, dis- distorted guitar um, sound that Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes have got, and you know, combined with the usual kind of angry, gravelly vocals that he. Mm. Just screams at you. Uh, it's yeah, it's a really good single. And how you were saying about Alter Bridge, it working well live. This is really going to work well live. There are certain songs that he's released or made, and you just know that it's going to get everybody going when they play it live. Yeah. And this is going to be on that list as well. Yeah. It's it's the best thing I've heard this week. So strong phrase there, indeed. Well, to be honest. <laughs> Well, say compared to yeah. what your other review was. <laughs> to be honest, kicking the balls is better than mm. that Chili Peppers album. But <laughs> okay, um, last up, I've got Gajira. Our time is now, which is a random single that they released last week. I think it was mm. this week. Yeah, it's not linked to any album because obviously they only released their last album last year, yeah. Fortitude. So it's not off there, and it, they've not made any comment about it being off a new album. But just randomly um, released it. It is on the NHL 23 album alongside a lot of other big bands that got released a couple of weeks ago. Right, that makes sense then. So So I don't know if they've necessarily done it for that, but it is included on that. Yeah, you generally find that EA, who make the NHL games, will have approached a load of bands Mm -hmm. and... They do the same thing with FIFA. Yeah. And, uh, but a lot of the other ones are like existing songs, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I'm not quite sure how it fits into that. Yeah. But anyway, really good song. I would say it's quite radio friendly for Gajira. It's got more of a, I don't know, like a, yeah, a more radio friendly sound to it. It reminds me a little bit of um, Partway. Okay. It's a song for fighters, they've said. It's for, what's the quote they use? This song goes out to all the fighters out there, sparking a light in a dark world. Okay. So it's for people that are going out and protesting and standing up for themselves and it's got a really chanty chorus you can imagine it really like fist pumpy live everyone yeah. singing along it's got that vibe to it so really like it possibly a slightly new direction although it's quite similar in some ways to more recent stuff off the last album but looking forward to seeing that live when we see them next year mm. 
Right, rock the week time now. I'm not going to do the usual whatever I normally say about that. You know what it is by now. If you don't and you knew, hello. This is where we look back on a week in time. So 24th to the 30th of October. Yeah. Looking back on this week, starting off with my usual general, mem- I say memories, I don't remember much of these, although we have got one of our memories on here. Right, okay. So anyway, 25th to the 26th of October 1996 was when the first ever OzFest took place. Didn't realise it was that old. Yeah. Um, do you know how OzFest actually came about? Cause I Sharon wanted some I money? Did. Pretty much, kind of, yeah. <laughs> You're not far wrong. <laughs> that, that's, that's my first thought. So what I read was, when I was just looking at this, and it came up on, obviously, this week on the um, the history websites, um, apparently they refused to let Ozzy play on Lollapalooza, so they set up this mm. as their own thing instead, okay. as an alternative. Why would they not? I don't know why they wouldn't let him. I don't know. Well. Well, yeah, I know, but... I don't know, anyway. So this was kind of set up as the... The alternative, alternative, an yeah. alternative. So, first one, it was a two-day one. So, there was one in Phoenix, Arizona on the 25th, and then Devore in California. Right. Or Devore, I don't know how you say it, D-E-V-O-R-E. That was on the 26th, so it was two days, two venues, but the mm-hmm. same lineup. Yeah. And on the lineup were, obviously, Aussie mm. headlining. You also had Slayer, Danzig, Biohazard, Sepultura, Fear Factory, Neurosis, and Narcotic Gypsy on the main stage. That's a heavy main stage. It's not bad, is it? And then second stage, you had Earth Crisis, Power Man 5000, Cold Chamber, Cellophane and King Norris. Hmm. So Interesting lineups. Yeah. So it kind of went from there and obviously became a, a yearly thing pretty much regularly for many years to go. So the yearly event soon became an annual tradition. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Simpsons. And though, even, sorry. well, it became a, a whole tour, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. it went, well, it went global as well, didn't exactly, it? Exactly, so. yeah. 27th of October 1999, Korn's Falling Away From Me single was released. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how it was released? I should know this. I can't think off the top of my head. It was in the season premiere of South Park with an episode titled Korn's Groovy Pirate Ghost Mystery. And <laughs> Korn obviously appeared in it themselves, animated. I don't remember Fantastic. that. I, I, don't I don't remember don't, seeing that episode. I don't remember South that Park. episode either. Maybe I probably have seen it, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't know that. This is just a random one. I was just looking through some albums that got released this week because I don't think we ever mentioned them on the podcast before. On the twenty sixth of October, nineteen ninety nine, Incubus's "Make Yourself" their third album was released. Okay, I think it's my favourite Incubus album. That mm. one. It's got. Drive on it, pardon me, I miss you. Oh, yeah, that was huge, wasn't huge. it? Huge, yeah. Yeah, that was a big album. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought I'd give them a mention because I don't think we have, or maybe we have. I don't know. Finally, on this week in me and you history, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you to see if you remember. You're looking at me like showing a dog a card trick. Well, you've not given me a year or anything to work with yet, so. Nine, oh, not 19. <laughs> We're not that old. I mean, we are that old. Oh, I don't know. Um, 2018. 2018 in October. Uh, that was five years ago, wasn't it? it so was. we were at a gig. We were at two gigs. For two gigs. Oh, yes. Was this Wednesday? It was our Wednesday so 13 Wednesday weekend. Wednesday 13 weekend. Yep. Yeah, so Wednesday 13, he did two nights at the garage in London. Friday the 26th, it was the 
10th anniversary of the Skeletons album. Yeah. So he played that in full and then did some greatest hits. Laced in, laced laced in there as well. At the end. And then Saturday 27th, it was Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13 reunion. So a whole load of very, very early Wednesday 13 tracks, which yeah. some of which mer- merged into Murder Dolls. Yeah, of the two nights, I think that was my favourite, actually. Yeah, it was because it was different. Yeah, it was just like all the old classics. It was, and the fact they were dressed up in full Frankenstein Drag Queens garb, yeah. which if you've not ever looked them up, then do, so you know what we're talking about. Oh, and but Nigel it, the Sex Doll. Nigel the Sex Doll came out, was he, I think he came out on Friday, didn't he? I thought it and was Saturday. And he returned Saturday. on Saturday. Oh, did he? No, no I'm sure Nigel was just Saturday. Okay. Yeah, he brought that out and asked someone in the audience to give him a name and standard British name came out, Nigel. Nigel. And also it was the night when Ramon got promote, proposed to by Shelley. Yeah. His then girlfriend, right. yeah. now wife. Yeah, so that happens. And we watched that twice. We did, yeah. They did, they did, she did it on the Friday and then, and then did it again they did Saturday. it again on the Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so that was fun. And yeah, we got to investigate a new venue the garage because we've not been there before yeah um, i really like the garage as a venue actually yeah i was presently surprised yeah. not that i thought there'd be anything wrong with it but i was just kind of anxious about exploring a new venue and not being able to yeah it's always in an area we don't know not, isn't it yeah no but the venue itself is like oh how do you find the bar the toilets where do you put your coat is there a cloak room but it was just one big old room and yeah a and bit it, of a raised area a, at the back and a bar and it was yeah it's, really it's almost size. kind of like on a slant isn't it mm. it, it just yeah I, I think as a venue it's really good yeah and it was really easy to find so um yeah definitely go back there sometime and that's me done all right i've got one thing it's uh 2013 it's uh the release by Pearl Jam of Lightning Bolt. Oh. Do you remember that one? I don't know if I do, you know. Do you not? It's got quite an iconic cover. It's Lightning Bolt and the Eye. Red Lightning Bolt, no? Um, <laughs> it's a really, really good Pearl Jam album. Hmm. Uh, it was number one on the 26th and stayed there for three weeks yeah. in the UK rock and metal album charts. It was actually available for free on iTunes before the release date as well for a limited time. Okay. I mean, they didn't force it on anybody like you two did. But. Oh, well, I can't imagine them doing that. And it debuted at number two in the UK charts as well. Okay. And it was number one in nine countries. And it's got the track Pendulum on there. You must know Pendulum. Yes, I do remember that one. I was going to say, is there a track that I remember that drug my brain? Yeah, and it was, I can't remember what the predecessor to the album was, but this was a much heavier sound. Mm, yeah. It was kind of like back to what Pearl Jam were about. Yeah. And yeah, I I really like this album. Pendulum is the standout song on there. Mm. Pendulum's just an incredible song. Uh but yeah, that was the number one. It was Lightning Bolt. I might go back and give that a listen. I think you should. Yeah, I will. Time for the main event now. So a review of Wargasm from last night. Which so, I couldn't go to. No, so this is a podcast of two halves. We recorded the first half a couple of days ago on the usual recording day and then held off doing the rest of it because we had the gig last night. One of us tested negative. And it wasn't me. So you get to listen to my dulcet tones for the next segment pretty much in full. <laughs> I do feel like I've gone a little bit backwards again with the symptoms. Oh no, don't want that. And <laughs> bear in mind that the most energetic thing I've done for the past 11 days before last night was go to the wheelie bin. Yeah. So, you know. So... Gig of three bands last night then. We had Knife Bride, Scene Queen and Wargasm UK. Starting up with Knife Bride. And what were they like? They were awesome. 
Yeah, I got in there just in time to see them. So I arrived slightly later than we normally would, but I didn't want to just be stood there on my own, to be honest, like a little loner. So I got in there just in time to pick up the merch and I managed to squeeze onto the balcony. And then pretty much as soon as I got there, they came on. So perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were great. They are relatively new band, but they were actually at download, which I didn't realise. They were on the... What's the word? They were on the courtyard stage in RIP before Lake Malice. And I remember we were, we got to the courtyard and we were sat on the grass waiting for Lake Malice and we could hear the band who were on before. And I remember I was saying, these sound good. They sounded all right. They've got quite a crowd. But we didn't actually go and investigate. That was Knife Bride. Who knew? Anyway. Oh, that's a shame. It is, isn't it? Hopefully, get to see them again. But yeah, they've not actually got a lot out there in the um, listening spaces of the world. They've only got three tracks on Spotify, so I've not really got a lot to go on. But from what I heard, I thought they sounded good. Mm-hmm. And they definitely conveyed that live. They're five-piece. They're branded on Spotify as Slut Metal. Cool. So you can't go wrong with that, can you? Yeah, they were great. They had great stage presence. They were really heavy, really energetic. What kind of sound have they got that was kind, kind of, of familiar? I would say, I don't like to compare bands, but there are a lot of great female-fronted, female-featuring bands out there at the moment that we've mentioned before. People like, obviously, Lake Malice, who we love, As Everything Unfolds, Vakovi, those kind of bands. So yeah. they're kind of in that, in that, bracket. that bracket of kind of the new wave of new metal, where you've got really growly vocals and melodic. But, but kind of female together, fronted. but with female fronted. Yeah, they've also got um, female on keys doing backing vocals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't actually see the full band from where I was on the side of the balcony, obviously, because the drum kit was on the left. I couldn't see kind of right around the corner. Yeah. If you know what I mean. If you mm-hmm. know the rescue rooms layout. Not mentioned it was at the rescue rooms, have we? No. Review from rescue rooms. So yeah, I couldn't actually see the full band, but yeah, they sounded great. They were really. So heavy, they came across really confident in their performance. Obviously, there are a few shows in now with this tour with Wargasm. So they did eight tracks in total. I can't really pick out and say this song was good, that song was good, because I'm not that familiar with their stuff. And the two songs that they played, I recognised from Spotify, were Grenade and then Fang Dummy, which they ended with, which is their latest single. Okay. All really good. They had great crowd interaction. And they had a big crowd as well. It was already, I would say, probably three quarters full at that point anyway. All right. So they had a good crowd to play to, so obviously getting them a lot of exposure, which will do them good. It was one member of the band's birthday, so as they left the stage, the crowd just burst into a happy birthday spontaneously, so that was fun. Um, Yeah, definitely ones to look out for. All right, cool. If they hadn't have been on the courtyard this year, I'd say they were a courtyard band, but definitely I could see them maybe opening Dogtooth or something like that at download. Yeah. So, yeah, go check them out, give them a listen, and can't remember how many dates Wargasm will have left by the time this goes out, but if they're still on, then definitely make sure you're down there early to catch them. Are they on the full Wargasm tour, then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they did the dates they did in Ireland, um, but I think they're on all the rest of the tour. And then next up, we had Scene Queen. Yeah, I'm gutted I missed Scene Queen. Yeah, pleasantly surprised by that one. Yeah, you weren't sure. I remember we were listening to Scene Queen, was it about a week ago? More than that, probably two, three weeks ago. I thought, oh, check out the support bands for Orgasm. And yeah, at first I was like, I don't think I like this. I don't think it's for me. I think 18-year-old Barbie Gotham would have loved it. Yeah. But current me was not so sure. 
Which is, uh, it's really weird because I remember when we were listening to Scene Queen, you just looked at me and said, you're going to hate this. And yeah. you played it and I went, I really like that. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I thought you'd be like less, what's the word? Less inclined. Less inclined to it than me, yeah. Yeah. But, no, a mid-40s yeah. um, metal fan really got into it, Scene yeah. Queen. You're into bimbo call. Yeah. Yeah. Just to set the scene before this, Scene Queen, she had tweeted earlier on, on tweeted on Twitter, obviously you tweet on Twitter, don't you? Mm-hmm. That she wasn't feeling too well. She apologised in advance if she wasn't energetic. And she mentioned this in the show as well. Apparently she's got some kind of kind of chronic illness that affects her immune system. And okay. she just woke up and just was not in a good way. But she powered through and I think she was energetic enough. All right. Really? So bless her, she powered on through it. Definitely comes across better live. Really? Definitely. A yeah. lot heavier. Obviously got live band behind her. Yeah, she came on to Barbie Girl, obviously. And then I think she did about eight tracks overall, if you just bear with. I'll just double check on that. I've not actually got the set list from last night. I've only got them from Birmingham. I think that was the night before. I imagine they're going to be very similar. I imagine they'll be similar. So, yeah, she came on to Barbie Girl, obviously the aqua cover. Most of her tracks feature the word pink. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's lots of heavy breakdowns, obviously vocally. She's quite kind of rappy as well as some melodic bits um but yeah she's really energetic loads of crowd interaction again the room was absolutely packed for her so a lot of people loving her actually just to go back to knife bride they said who's looking forward to seeing queen and she got as big a cheer as wargasm really so there were a lot of people were definitely sounds like a very mixed kind of crowd Mm. yeah i think everyone just loved all three bands because obviously they're very different but similar Attract the same kind of crowd, I think, yeah. and the same kind of sound. So that was great. About halfway through, she did a cover of Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl, mm-hmm. a metal version of that. That was really good. Really enjoyed that one. Pink Panther was interesting. That actually samples the Pink Panther theme. So if you can oh, imagine right, that the as a metal. What's going on here? <laughs> but again, that was just really good. Barbie and Ken, which is that the latest single? That's, that's definitely been a single. That's definitely been a single. Yeah. I, I love that one. That was a good one. Weirdly, she ended on Pink Rover mm. and then played it again. <laughs> I was like, she said like, oh, I'm going to play this one again. And then, yeah, so she basically ended with playing the same song twice. Oh, I don't know if that's due to lack of catalogue. You know what I mean? Last Maybe have more time I don't, than I don't know. she. But no, she said she'd perfectly timed the set, but then she was going to play that one again. I mean, it's not a massive song, so it wasn't like yeah. going on and on and on. But yeah, I've never known a band do that before. No. <laughs> uh, that's a new one. I, I do know stories about bands, I think it's kind of like, might have been the Stones, where they changed their set list around and they played their closing song first at one of the gigs. That was Aerosmith. Oh, was it Aerosmith? Yeah, Steve Tyler just did the Absolutely first song. Before. Did the first Thought song. Thought it was and the last one and then, then it just went. disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was great. Um, <laughs> one interesting point actually was someone actually got kicked out for crowd surfing. What? I know. I know you have signs. I don't know if they've actually got them in rescue. Definitely Rock City, like, no crowd surfing. And I saw security grabbing this guy and dragging him off. I mean, I don't know if he literally got kicked out of the whole venue because I couldn't see yeah. the exit, whether he just got put back round. But then um, Scene Queen did say, oh, someone's been banned for crowd surfing, so I'm going to do it instead. So she crowd surfed through. She was in the crowd a couple yeah. of times. She was kind of down the front holding people's hands, so she was very in there with the but fans. I don't get that. I've, I don't. The amount of people that crowd surf at the rescue rooms. Yeah, I was trying to remember what gig we went to, and I think it was Trash Boat. And there was 
a large unit, shall we say, crowd surfing. And we were both yeah. like, whoa, glad I'm not under there. And we saw him at least twice go over. So I don't know. But whether security were being more strict, because I said to you, didn't I? my bag got thoroughly searched going yeah. in. I only had a small bag, but the security guy was actually taking things out and inspecting my paracetamol. So I don't know whether they've just increased security, security. whether it was the band, the fans that they were expecting. I don't, whether it's because it was sold. I don't know. But no one else crowd surfed the whole night apart from the actual performers. I mean, we've seen hundreds of bands at the rescue rooms Mm. and everybody crowd surfs. Yeah. I'm wondering if part of this is on the security issues, if this is anything to do with Orgasm's previous incidents with security. It could be. I don't know. Mm. I'd really like to know mm. more about that because that's that's unusual. That was unusual. I was like, because I say so I didn't actually spot that they'd crowd surfed over because I was kind of watching the stage rather than yeah. the crowd. And I just like two security drag someone out, and I didn't know whether they'd just fallen over, they weren't well, or what was going on. If it had been another incident, yeah. Anyway, completely gone off on a tangent. Off, yeah, there. Off subject there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the other funny point as well, actually, that she did. Um, she got the whole crowd to shout wargasm, but she's like, let's make it so loud that that dude in America who comes on Twitter every time someone <laughs> does hashtag wargasm, let him hear a shout wargasm and see if he appears. So, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I will be tagging it. Well, not tagging him, doing the hashtag, see if he's still out there, because I've not spotted him for a while. Yeah. Has he given up yet? Anyway, overall summary, scene queen, great live. Would definitely watch again. Would not be surprised if she's at download. Kiss definitely yeah. got the popularity for it. I could see that maybe. Yeah. Who was it who was on last year on the second stage that I think you were going to go and watch? Was there somebody from RuPaul's Drag Race? Bimini was in the dog Bimini tooth. In the dog tooth, that's it. But I didn't get to because there was a clash. Yes. But I mean, I could even see her maybe opening a main stage on one day. Yeah. She'd mm. definitely bring the crowd. So yeah, definitely recommend going to give her a watch if you're around and did actually see she's actually behind me on the balcony at the end of wargasm mm. when they were doing the last track i turned around didn't quite recognize her at first because she'd got a hoodie on as opposed to being in a pink stage garb yeah oh and shout out to the awesome bright pink fluffy leg warmer boot things she had on they were very <laughs> um what's the way like cyber goth style Love yeah that. yeah so anyway then she toddled off before orgasm had finished so on to the headliners then so wargasm uk Awesome as always is the top headline. Epic hour-long set, non-stop, start to finish. Straight in with Super Fiend. Yeah. Then into Drilldo. So really got the crowd going, singing yeah. along to the chorus, chanting away with that one. Mm-hmm. Only four words you need to know for that song. <laughs> yeah, the whole set. Again, we've not got the set list from last night up on Setlist FM yet. So I'm basing this on the night before, but I think there was an extra one in that I'll come to a bit later on. So I'm going to okay. say 15 tracks. Back to back, pretty yeah. much. It was kind of crowd interaction, but not in the traditional way. It's more like jump, shout, scene, yeah. kind of, and a few other bits and bobs. Um, Sam did actually say, oh, it's been a year since we've seen you. I'm like, no, you didn't. It's on your download. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, nearly a year since they were in Nottingham last. Yeah. I'm still surprised they played, say, such a small venue. It's 400 capacity into rescue rooms. I, I'll be honest, I'm surprised they played the rescue rooms. I thought they could play City. Yeah, when they announced the tour and I saw Nottingham, I was expecting Rock City. Yeah. And I, someone else was on at Rock City last night, so that's probably why they didn't get upgraded, but I'm pretty sure they could have. Yeah, I mean... I would have expected perhaps maybe a, a smaller tour with um, places like mm. Rock City venues. So yeah. maybe half of the gigs that they're doing, but 
bigger yeah. venues. Because in my mind, Wargasm is like huge and I can't believe they've not actually got a full length album out yet. They've just got loads of songs. If you know what I mean? They've got singles. They've got yeah. obviously the explicit mixtape is the most recent release with I think it's seven tracks that one. Yeah. So yeah, it's more EPs than albums, isn't than it? Albums, but, yeah. yeah. But just based on the crowd that they got a download that early on a Sunday. Yeah, I remember you because I didn't see Wargasm. I went somewhere else. I can't remember. Why. I thought you saw the end of them. Yeah, I caught the end. Yeah. I caught the end, but what I means I didn't. But, I wasn't yeah, there from the start. Was, yeah. Anyway. Getting sidetracked again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, Jilda went into Salma Hayek, another great sing-along in the crowd, and then they did Pyro Pyro, which is my favourite Wargasm song. Okay. Love that one. And it was just then bangers all the way through, they did Rage All Over. Postmodern Rhapsody went into kind of a huge God of War instrumental, so it was just Milky and Sam mm-hmm. playing for, seemed quite a while, but just really heavy yeah. version of that. So that was Cool. I'm not going to go through every single track. A couple of tracks later, Fuckstar. Yeah, I like Fuckstar, yeah. That's classic. Absolute classic. Yeah, that's on the new explicit release, isn't it? They had the Fuckstar t-shirts, mm. which are cool, but I didn't get one of those. I got a different one. Mm-hmm. Your patron sayings, that was really heavy version of that one. That really got the floor bouncing. Not that it wasn't bouncing before, but, yeah, you know. And then Lap Dance came a couple of songs later. So that's a great cover anyway. And then that went into a version of Break Stuff. Oh. So actually the guy who, obviously Wargasm were a two-piece. Yeah. But live they have the drummer and another guitarist. And then, I don't know if there's an official term for this person, but the person who's doing all the synths and the programming and the backing loops and all of that is there as well. He came out and did the rap part for Break Stuff. He actually went into the crowd. Oh, right. And did the rap bit for that, which was awesome. And I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was different. cool. Different. I just happened to be on, I have my camera pointy, so I managed to catch a bit of that on video, which I'll post at some point. And then he even did a cartwheel when he got back on stage, <laughs> which I didn't catch a bit. Yeah, that was really cool. And then Backyard Bastards was kind of the, the last, in inverted commas, song. Yeah. Before you know the encore, I mean? yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a massive gap to an encore, so I don't even know if you can class it as an encore. Mm. But yeah, that was awesome, as always. And then I think... Because I've not got the set list down or any other reviews up yet, but I think they did a song then, and I'm sure Sam said it was a new song just for you. Okay. And I didn't recognise it, so I'm not quite sure what that was or how it fitted in. It, it makes sense for them to be trialling new stuff yeah. while they're on while they're playing so, live. So I mean, if I find anything out about that in the meantime, you may get a future gem pop in now to <laughs> interject. And then they finished with spit, obviously. Yeah. We're always going to finish with Spit, weren't they? So, yeah. And then at the end of that, there was just a snippet of Metallica's Fuel. They did that at download, so I think that was yeah. their signature sign-off. Yeah. Yeah, an epic rendition of that to end. So, yeah, overall, full-on, massive energy from start to finish. Sam was very interactive with the crowd, going into the crowd, yeah. got some footage of crowd surfing. Milky didn't on this occasion. I've known her going in the crowds before, but she's, yeah, she yeah, stayed I've on stage this time. Obviously, because of where... I was stood, couldn't always see Milk. If she was, she was playing and singing at the same time, her mic stand was just round the pillar. Yeah. But she was bouncing about all over the shop. It's not a massive stage anyway, but they filmed it's not, it. No. Yeah. Obviously, there were other people on it too, but yeah, they, they made the use of the space. I think quite possibly the sweatiest room I've been in. Because up on the balcony, really? the balcony's kind of an L, kind of an L shape, isn't it? Yeah. And so at the back, it was kind of busy because that's where front the, yeah, of the, the stage. Yeah. Around the edge where I was, there was 
empty space behind me. Whereas on the side, somewhere like Rock City, if it's sold out, you tend to get people peering over your shoulder, which wasn't there. So I think the kind of crowd they got were definitely more the mosh pit crowd because there was a pit going constantly. Oh, just a little introduction. I forgot to mention something on Scene Queen. She actually does a twerkle pit where she encourages people to do a pit but twerk. That's a new one. Yeah, I forgot about that, twerkle pit. It was just really a, a full-on pit. Yeah. Rather than, I didn't notice anyone actually twerking, but yeah. Anyway, back to orgasm. Yeah, there were just pits going on throughout, constantly, Yeah, as you would expect. But yeah, when I got down the stairs, you know when you get off a plane on holiday and the heat hits you? Yeah. That. Really? The floor was actually wet with sweat. Wow. I know. And you know when, oh, you're just walking past sweaty people. Everyone was just dripping. Dripping, clammy. Absolute dripping. And you just try not to touch people because I hate that thing. You know, when you've either been in the pit on the edge of a pit and people touch, like you get a bit of wet sleeve on your arm. And (laughs) it was grim trying to get out and not touch a wet person. But yeah, (laughs) that is quite possibly the sweatiest I've ever seen a venue after a gig to see the floor actually wet. Wow. Even the stairs were wet. I don't know why, because not that many people would have been on the stairs. So whether it was just condensation from the heat, quite possibly. Yeah. It was raining outside, so people might have brought wet footprints in. But no, I think it was just sweat. And I think that, yeah, sums it up, really. That was that. My review. Any more questions? Yeah. um, Merch. Merch. There was merch. I know there was merch, (laughs) because I asked you to bring me a T-shirt back. Bit disappointed with... My brain's going... With Wargasm's merch... Only because there was only one T-shirt with tour dates on. Yeah. And I love a tour date T-shirt these days, but it was white and I don't tend to do white T-shirts. So I got you that because you're not averse to a white T-shirt. No. You see, I, I quite like the idea of bands doing different colour T-shirts. Mm. You look through our wardrobes and it is just a sea of black. Yeah. But my, I mean, mine have got a bit more colour in and yeah. I, I do like it when you get, you know, I'd, uh, like I've got a white Wayward Sons T-shirt, yeah. white Royal Blood T-shirt. I think it's great that if there are different colours mm. available, I'd yeah. sooner go for that. Yeah, I, d- I don't mind a different... I'm mean, sat here in a pink plate malice t-shirt. You are, yeah. <laughs> it's just white t-shirts don't suit me, and I'm a clumsy person. I spill things all the time. Yeah. Anyway, I bought a different t-shirt. It's a long-sleeved one with a red kind of... With a red print. Print on. And they had that in a hoodie and a short-sleeved t-shirt. They had the Fuckstar t-shirt. Mm-hmm. They also had some shorts. Yeah. Kind of comfy Short gym shorts. <laughs> yeah, like... What I would call pyjama shorts in red. They were quite cool. They also had a cassette of the latest release. Um, Scene Queen's merch actually looked quite cool. Kind of half having a bit of regret not buying some because you've got some really cool t-shirts. Yeah. And then Knife Brides. I didn't get a chance to look fully at theirs because Scene Queen was next to the Wargasm. Knife Bride was further on and I needed to get up and get me spot. But I have got a little um, snippet of going along the merch and I thought I'd captured it as I walked in and filmed it, but I didn't. So I just got a shot off the balcony of it. All right. So, yeah, they'd all got some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, the black one that you've bought, I really like that. Mm. That looks really nice. Yeah, I'm sure if there's any remnants left at the end of the tour, they'll be popping it on their merch store. Because they tend to do that, as most bands do. Anything else you want to know? No, I think that's it. I don't think I've forgotten anything. It's a pretty comprehensive cover. That was a pretty epic evening, really. Just a shame that you weren't there. Yeah, well, hopefully back in action for the next one, which is Cradle. Yes, Cradle of Filth next Friday. Now it's recommendation time, and the band we've chosen this week is Anchor Lane. Yeah, they're a band that we've been fans of for a few years now. We actually saw them at Download in 2018 yep. on the Dogtooth stage. 
Mm-hmm. That was a great show. Really enjoyed that one. Particularly enjoyed watching um, Finish for 12 with their line of rum and coke and a little slice of lime whilst drinking a rum and coke without yeah. a slice of lime. <laughs> so that kind of introduced us to them. Just a bit about them. They're from Glasgow. They formed in 2015 and they started as a four-piece, but they're now a three-piece. Yeah. And I think they I think they were a four-piece when we saw them. They were, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's recently they've gone yeah, this year, Yeah, it's only recently. Yeah, it's just this year. Their debut album, Casino, got to number nine in the UK rock charts. And they've got another album expected in winter, so either late this year or possibly early next year. Yeah. And their new single, Stutter, was released on Friday the... 21st. 21st. And I've, I've listened to Stutter yeah. a few times. It's really, really cool. Yesterday. Yeah. As we record. So I've, I've listened to that a few times. I really like that new single. I can't wait for the new album. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it as well. We should have actually seen them again this year, shouldn't we? Because they were going to be supporting Wayward Sons. They were. But that got rescheduled and... And Colleen were unable to do the rescheduled dates because they were actually on tour with Ricky Warwick at yes. the same time. So sadly, we didn't get to see them, but hopefully we'll again soon. Yep. They are touring through the end of the month. Have you got the dates for um, that? Yeah, they've actually been out and about for a little while. Um, we were unable to get to the Nottingham show, unfortunately. But they are doing... So this goes out on the 24th, they're in Bristol. And then... London on the 25th October, Birmingham 27th, and Newcastle on the 28th. They're also doing a show in Bolton at the Alma Inn on the 1st of December, which I believe is a free entry show. Oh, right. So yeah. if you can see if, them for If you free, can get there, go and watch them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously we recommend paying to see them as well, but, you know, that's a bonus if it's free. And they're also at the Planet Rock Rockstock Festival in Treco Bay, 2nd and 3rd of December. They're doing two shows, an acoustic one on the second, and then electric one on the third. So if you're off to that, make sure you check them out while you're there. And if you want some great songs there to listen to, I highly recommend Dead Rum, Honey, Fame Shame, Casino, Found Out, Finish for 12, as Jem mentioned. Yeah, Annie. And Annie. Really like that yeah. one. Yeah, that's one of the older ones. But yeah, all of those, go and give them a listen on Spotify or wherever you choose to get your music or buy some of their stuff as well. Yeah. Right, well, thanks for listening, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Ready to Moshcast. We're also on YouTube if you search Ready to Mosh. And we will see you for the next one next week. Make it stop, Moog. <laughs>